I don't know what I'm saying. No, we can talk about the new Gossip Girl. Um, should, we? should we delve into that? Do you want to talk about like, our personal lives at all? Oh, um, well, you're kind of like forcing me to record on a national holiday, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it. Do you not even know? No. Today's the day Kaylee Cuoco received an Emmy nomination. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. banks were closed. <laughs> I couldn't deposit my paycheck that I got from Kaylee Cuoco for putting together her Emmy, you know, for your consideration packet. Yeah. This is a big day in history. It is. I'm very excited for her and for you. Thank you so much. That's really, it's good to hear, you know, just support. One, two, three, four, go! Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Girls can do it, these can do it. Let's stop talking, let's get to it. Let's fall in love. Oh my god. I'm in a bad mood. Oh no. (laughs) I can't get this fucking charger. Not before. No, I'm good. Um, okay. Wait, what the fuck is happening? I I truly don't know. You're kind of just like, I'm just watching you struggle with something I don't quite understand and I don't know how to help you with. Like, it's really hard for me to feel so helpless in this situation. I just want to be comfortable. That's too much to ask, honestly. That's, That's kind of selfish. I spent so much time in the car in the last few days. I refuse to be uncomfortable anymore oh yeah so, how was your little journey oh yeah so okay so in the past few days i've been well okay last week was a shit show first of all because my power went out a bunch yeah, and so i like yeah. couldn't stay at my apartment i had to like pack up all my groceries and like go stay at other people's houses and i was cat sitting for the diabetic cat so i like had to be there at 8 a.m and 8 p.m every day Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. So I, like, wasn't really home last week, which doesn't do good. Like, your soul doesn't feel settled if you're not in one place for a long time, you know? That's true. Depending on where you go, sometimes it feels more settled. But that's this doesn't yeah. sound like that kind of thing. No. And so then I went to my sister's house and we went to Albany yeah. Which I was like, Albany is very close to where we live. No. No, <laughs> Albany, it's not. It's, Albany, a, it's a trek. It would take just as long to get to my parents' house in Connecticut as it did for us to, take, to get to Albany. Holy shit. Yeah, fucking long as hell. But um, we went to Albany because my sister had a wedding to go to. So I went to like watch her children in the hotel room. And yeah. my parents came out, and my brother and Megan came out, so that was really fun, because we got to see each other. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Cleveland yesterday, because my sister, my other sister is moving at the end of the month, and she's never been to Cleveland, so. Wait, is she moving to Cleveland, or is this no, just No, she's like... moving to Boston, but she Okay, so she won't be within striking distance of yeah. Cleveland anymore. Okay. what do you think of Cleveland? It was nice. It was like a cleaner Pittsburgh. That's honestly so true. I was there over St. Patrick's Day um, a few years back for like the NCAA wrestling finals. Mm-hmm. 
um, where I competed and took home gold. But that, yeah, it was a pretty neat city, you know. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it was really hard considering our alma mater didn't have, you yeah. know, like a D1 wrestling program. So I kind of had to train on my own and enroll independently. But, you know, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. That's what my grandfather always said. <laughs> um, so I just spent a lot of time in the car. Yeah, that's a lot of traveling. Which, okay, and here's the other thing. So my sister was going to rent a minivan for us yeah. to all travel up to Albany together. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so many rental car companies sold off their fleets during COVID. And so, like... That seems very short-sighted on their part. I know. <laughs> um, but so, there's not a lot of cars to rent. And oh. so, they were either absurdly expensive for a weekend or there weren't any available. Yeah. And so, she was like, whatever, you can borrow our other sister's car and then we can, like, caravan it up to oh. Albany because she has two kids who are yeah. still riding car seats. So I get there on like Thursday night. We're going to leave like Friday noon time. And she's like, we decided we think we could all fit in the, in one car together. And I was like, <laughs> what? That's a bold and so decision. my sister's car was a little bit bigger than her car. So we put the car seats in there and like technically we could do it. And so we did it. That's how we traveled. But when you have two kids in car seats that takes and a lot of room. an adult in the back and then two adults in the front, the people in the front, their seats have to be like pushed up Way a lot. Up. So that's yeah. not super comfortable. And then like the person in the back is stuck between two hard pieces of plastic with, like, nowhere to put your arms or your legs. Yeah, so, like, no one's comfortable in this situation. No, and, like, also... And that's such a long ride to do that. They napped in the car, and then we stopped for dinner, and then they went to bed in the car. So it's not even like we could, like, jam out to music. Which is, yeah. like, I love, I love my niece and nephew, and I love my sister and her husband. But, like, when you're thinking like road trip you're like oh you can fall asleep in the car you can do whatever and i'm like yeah every muscle in my body is tensed right now for that the sounds next miserable, seven to be hours honest. yeah pretty bad that, that really like no offense to your niece and nephew or whatever but it seems like they might have some bad vibes <laughs> they, they might want to get checked out before you know it becomes a problem yeah so um Good times. That was my weekend. Very, very, very busy. Yeah, that sounds like it. My friends from Salt Lake City were out, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Until they, it? like, made me go to our alma mater, which was, like, I wasn't Psychotic quite ready behavior. for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, I don't know. I mean, it maybe if you really like your college or whatever, but, like, homecoming is a really big deal. At our alma mater and like going back and visiting. I don't that. Well, that's what, and, and that's the thing. Like, it was, it was, it's, it's fully July and it was like 11 p.m. And it's like, do we really need to like walk around the campus right now? Yeah. Like, um, I don't understand that, those vibes. And that's the thing. Like, people will say, like, oh, they didn't like the school or whatever, but they like overall had like a fine enough 
time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. frequently my friends will be like, you know, for all the bad stuff, like, I'm really, really grateful for everything it did for me. And, like, I feel like I got a good education and yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's kind of like... <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I feel like I got a bad education. I feel like it, like took not only four years off of my life but maybe like an additional 20 off of the end of my life just from like stress and like unhealthy habits that I picked up during that time yeah and like it's just it's weird like because I feel like some people don't quite understand that like when I say I hate our alma mater (laughs) it's like genuine like I have like legitimate trauma that I probably need to work through that deals directly with that because like for me, it wasn't just like, oh, it's boring and everyone's judgmental. It's like, oh, it's boring, everyone's judgmental. And if I'm like open and honest about who I am, like, it could, people could like try to kill me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I have people on all sides like saying that they don't think that I'm really like a real person and just like being really like open about that. And like, yeah. It's just like, I don't think you quite understand that when I say, like, I'm not ready to go. Like, I do mean that. Um, but it was kind of maybe a positive experience in the end because, like, I think that took away some of the power of that place to be on there, or to be there. Yeah. And to realize that it is really just, like, an empty set of buildings and, like, the real issues aren't from the place. It's from the people that were in the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I will say, like, after we left, we stopped at Sheets for, like, some food and to fill up my tank. And, like, I fully almost started crying at the pump. Like, there were tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they were playing Soccer Mommy over the speakers. What? Which just felt like someone was like, oh, I think Jesse's sad. Let's, let's pump up some, like, old school Soccer Mommy mm-hmm. and just, like, really fuck his day up. I don't what if I told you I wasn't recording? We're 18 minutes in. That seems like a good place. Because we That's are good, also going to talk about Gossip Girl, probably. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Um, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. It's your boy, Jesse. Go ahead. Use a gendered term for me. I dare you. <laughs> That's what you were trying to trap me, and that was really rude. (laughs) (laughs) I saw, like, the fire in your eyes as you were like, what's he gonna do? (laughs) No. Uh, I am Aaron. I'm Jesse. Today we are going to be recapping Season 2, Episode 11, entitled Cramped. I wonder what that means. There's a double meeting. Oh, there is! Wow. Double entendre. Double entendre. So this episode was written by Brenda Hampton. And it aired on August 31st, 2009, which is my sister's birthday. Oh my goodness. Congratulations. And before we get into our biblical context, it had 3.11 million viewers. Great. I'm happy for them. People like this show. Like, I just can't even... Yeah, I don't... I'm happy for them. I guess there were less options in those days. You know, you couldn't really stream shit. Like, you had to kind of go by what was on television. I used to buy, like, box sets 
Oh, same. I, my family has every box set of the uh, the hit NBC comedy Friends. That explains so much. How so dare you? Um, do you uh, do you want to get into the biblical context? My biblical context is gonna um, parlay nicely into a discussion about the new gossip girl okay cool and my mine kind of parlays nicely into um secret life so um oh it's kind of related so i can go first because it'll kind of like make us think about secret life to kind of wet our palates before oh i was thinking we could do like a transition afterward so mine doesn't actually tie in that well oh okay it ties into a joke we repeatedly make which is From the New York Times, concern is high that the mob may seek a cut of the stimulus pie. So apparently Mm -hmm. in 2009, there was some stimulus shit going on, and people were like, well, what if the mob claims benefits? And they were. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's a family business. It is. And I think Leo definitely took the stimulus, whatever it was in 2000. Whatever a stimulus looked like in 2009. Interesting. Wow. We're gatekeeping stimulus well, funds, that's, I guess. So, like, so much... It's weird doing these because so little has changed, you know? Like, in the same way that everyone's like, well, we shouldn't help poor people because some people who aren't as poor might, like, take advantage. It's like, how yes. does that affect you? Like, what the fuck do you care? Like, help people. So, do you have a story for us? Yeah, sorry. Do you have a, we were engaging have a headline? In a conversation. I, I can't, my mind kind of went blank. I kind of, yeah, I saw the, the light go out from your eyes. Okay, so this is from the August 31st, 2009 issue of The New Yorker. Ooh. And it says, Annals of Education, but I think it's funny because it looks like Annals. Um, but the title is The Rubber Room. The Rubber Room. I saw this one in my quest to find a story. And it, the byline is the battle over New York's worst teachers. And it's basically this piece about being anti-union because bad teachers get protected by the union, which, you know. Which, again, sure. But also, like, good teachers get protected by the union. And that's almost more of what it does. Yeah. Because unions don't, like, go to bat every single time for the shittiest people in the union, you know? Yeah. Okay, so full disclosures, I haven't watched the entire episode because I got bored with it. How dare you? But I did. I watched, like, half of it last week, and I I started watching the rest of it. Yeah. While I was making dinner tonight. But... It's... It's bad. I think it has potential. I think the cast is trying really hard with what they're given. No, I don't know. It's just, like, it didn't feel like... This, like, weird modern take on Gossip Girl where they're all kind of, like, socially conscious and all that. Like, that's not why you're watching Gossip Girl. You know what I mean? Like... No, you're watching Gossip Girl so that way... You can watch them be bad people to each other. Yes. I knew this was going to be a bad series when I read an interview where they're like, no, our girls aren't going to call each other bitches and sluts. They're going to like uplift and support each other or some shit like that. And I was like, 
Okay, so you're not making Gossip Girl. Like, then just leave the Gossip Girl IP alone. Like, there's, it just is not realistic that these teachers would be like, we need to make these kids respect us. And so you know how we're going to do that? By bullying them. Well, that's the thing. It's just so, like, the fact that they see the original Gossip Girl and what they take from it is, Gossip Girl was a force for good, actually. Like... (laughs) People were so afraid of Gossip Girl that they were in line. I'm so Um, bummed that you're watching Gossip Girl for the first time and you already know who Gossip Girl is. I already knew years ago because before I thought, you know, when I was still like straight, I would talk about it with my girlfriend at the time. And she's like, are you ever going to watch this? And I'm like, I doubt it. And she kind of like walked me through the whole plot, which is interesting because now seeing it, it's like psycho behavior by gossip girl not to like step in every now and then especially in like the first episode when she's just casually referencing shit that's like yeah traumatic to close members of gossip girl's circle trying to not spoil it for any of the people who haven't you know watched when jenny and chuck yeah of course Yeah. yeah it's fucked up but the way they did this and this was baffling where they're like Oh, we're going to point out all the ridiculousness of, like, yeah. oh, this Chuck guy was obviously pre-cancel culture. Ha, ha, ha. And a senior got an article in the New Yorker? Yeah, it's like, no, we know it's ridiculous. That's why we like it. Like, do you think we're watching this because it's realistic that Blake Lively's, like, throwing her phone away when she gets text she doesn't like? Or when she's looking at pictures she doesn't like? Like, no, this, like, weird detached from reality. It's like a fantasy. It's not supposed to be grounded in reality. Yeah. And I feel like they're trying too hard to, like, make it... I don't know. I just wish we didn't know who Gossip Girl was. Because, like, that would have been such a fun twist of, like, Gossip Girl's returned. Who is this? And instead we're... But, like, I don't get why we have to see the process of who Gossip Girl is. Because it's a... The whole show is gonna be this narrative... cat and mouse game. Of... Like, class consciousness. Yeah. And it's like, I don't... I, Honey, I live that. Like, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. If you're watching the original Gossip Girl and you're like, these characters are awesome, like, you're obviously not paying attention. I don't want to watch a show that's going to make me a better person. No. That's like a reboot of something I've already watched. Like, if I'm going to watch something that's going to make me a better person, I'm going to watch, like, Fleabag or something, you know? Yeah, I'm going to watch, like... Something original. I'm going to watch, like, fucking Arthur on PBS or something if I want to learn some shit. If I want... I want my television to be depraved and disgusting. (laughs) I want to feel bad after watching. (laughs) Um, And that's what... That's, again, I think that's where the new Gossip Girl had kind of lost me, is, like... It's trying to be, you know, I hate to be this guy, but it's kind of like, you know, the woke left has kind of ruined Gossip Girl in a way. Speaking of shows that make us feel worse after consuming them, (laughs) do you want to get into the episode? Yes. Um, So, yeah, this is Cramped. Um, You know, it wasn't Cramped the pacing of this episode because it felt like it was 13 hours long oh my god i kept pausing it and being like i still have 24 minutes left yeah i like pulled up the bar at every commercial break and i'm like i've been watching this for four hours what is how is (laughs) what is what yeah (laughs) and each time like three minutes had passed it was so bad so much 
Also, John is not in this episode. They <laughs> they lost the rights to John. <laughs> <laughs> Moose is in the episode, so he took all the money. For well, that's the one. thing. They can't afford to pay John and Moose, so they kind of had to, you know, they have to split their time. And then, also, like, Amy's pretty much barely in this episode, too. But when she's there, she's there. <laughs> so we start the episode at George's house, a conversation between Ashley and George, and they're kind of talking about moving back into Anne's house. Yes, and... but they start out with a little song and dance number. Oh, yeah, it's cute. What was that about? Like, I kind of, I do kind of like when their relationship is like normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and not, like, deeply concerning and problematic. Yeah. So, like, that was kind of nice to see, actually, them enjoying each other's company in a way that's not, like, sinister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so they're talking about where Ashley is going to live in the new house. Yeah. And he's like, well, maybe, you know, the babies could live together in a room and you and Amy could live together. And Ashley is like okay, whatever, are you going to get us, like, bunk beds with a slide? Which sounds fun, by the way. Honestly, it does. And he's like, yeah, maybe with a nice maple finish. finish." And he's like, oh, for real, you would be okay living with Amy? And she's like, I don't really have a choice. Like, I don't think anyone would enjoy that, but... Ashley is trying so hard to just not make waves and to just, like, go with the flow and adapt, which I think is so... This episode is so revealing about, like, how Ashley is trying to make things work. And it also reminded me, too, that, like, Ashley also hasn't had, like, an easy last year. Like, sometimes the siblings of the people who are having, like, really, like, traumatizing things happen to them get kind of left behind in the shuffle and they just don't get, like the attention mm-hmm. or like they don't feel like they can take up any space at all and like that's what this episode reminded me of whereas mm-hmm. Ashley like is almost afraid to take up space mm-hmm. um George surprises Ashley by telling her that he reinstalled the urinal as an art piece in the garage I've seen urinals as art pieces they're very thought provoking <laughs> and you know the garage is hers to live in and she's like you didn't furnish it did you and he's like no i'm gonna give you money yes and she just books it out yeah she runs out of the house and then she runs into ann's house while amy is like making breakfast and she like runs in one door and like out the other door yeah she could have just not gone in the house right like maybe just go like around the house but they don't have an outside set yeah. Then, well, that's because um, the, th- the second like Ashley walks in, like Amy starts like in on her, and it's like you have right? to help me, you have to do stuff, you have to, you have to da da da, and she's like, just a second, I need to go check out the garage. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Amy kind of yells after her and is like, "You and Dad shouldn't even be packing anything because we don't want any of your shit back in this house." Yes, like what for what? Like she, Ugh, okay. Yeah. This isn't even the worst of it. No, so then we go to the garage, and I said, <laughs> the garage is nicer than my apartment. Fuck you, George. <laughs> <laughs> I just had, that's a beautiful room, and how did no one notice this level of construction know, going on? Seriously. It's like floor-to-ceiling, like, new walls. Drywall. It's got a closet built in now. Also, yeah. 
Does yeah. Did the garage is like the garage door gone? Like how did no one yeah. notice this happening? It's also definitely not up to code, I can almost guarantee. Like if they sell this house, they're gonna have to like remove that or have the city scold them. Also, like I mean, I guess they live in California, so they don't need to really worry about like insulation or like heating. Oh yeah, but they probably should. But the thing is, with like the new drywall, it looks like it is insulated. He might have insulated it. Who knows? But how did he do all of this with no one noticing? You're telling me George has that level of expertise? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. I I couldn't tell you. So, okay. Um. Anyway, Ashley like George kind of follows her into the you know the new garage and hugs. Then, so, George follows in, and then Ashley turns and hugs George and thanks yeah. him. And then Amy storms in, and she's, yes. like, pissed at the garage. Yes, just her she Ashley. immediately goes sicko mode on it. <laughs> she's like, I have a child. Like, if anyone should be deserving of this, it's me. And then, like, Amy storms out, and Ashley says that she hopes it's the last time she sees her in here. Well, I can get I get it. Yeah. So, the, like... I guess my thing is, Amy, like, you don't want to share your room with John. The garage seems to be detached from the house. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want John in a nursery, you kind of need to stay in your current room. Mm -hmm. Like, also, all your shit's in there, and, like, Ashley's moving anyway for, like, the second time in, like, six months. Also, I mean, this is just a me thing. Am I 24 years old and still afraid of the dark? Yes. Do I frequently have to pee in the middle of the night? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what the urinal's for. (laughs) I wouldn't want to have to, like, go get out of my, you know, little in-law suite, unlock the door, go inside and, like, pee, and then turn around, you know? As it became more and more clear that the garage was detached, I had more and more questions about, like, the logic behind this. Mm -hmm. Also, was the garage always detached? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. It's just hard for me to, like, reconcile, like, this room that was the garage with, like, the garage George was living in. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just... Um, maybe. It was just... I really need Amy to, like let Ashley have like Ashley's been more or less ignored for the past year and like it's kind of nice that she gets her own space Mm -hmm. again still a little weird to me personally to like have your 14 year old daughter in a like a separate house basically Mm -hmm. but that's fine whatever yeah the house from the outside it clearly has two stories but there's only one story Oh, well, if they just use the second story, they're fine. (laughs) These people are idiots. (laughs) These people don't know what stairs are. Yeah. Also, they're going to need to leave this house eventually, right? Like, there's too many people living under one roof. (laughs) For sure. Um, Okay. Anyway, moving on. We go to the theme. Then we go to the Lee condo, where... Adrian is packing things and she has a trash, a keep, and a giveaway pile. Amazing. Going on. And yeah, Ricky cardboard comes, boxes labeled. Yeah, and Ricky comes in to see her. And Adriana is confused to let him in. It was her parents. 
and he says he couldn't call because he's waiting for an email on his phone because his new phone has email. I lost my goddamn mind about this. <laughs> was texting not a thing at this point? <laughs> no, it was, because remember Alice and Henry? Yeah, they literally text. I'm so confused. <laughs> And he doesn't, now he doesn't have to wait around a computer because he has mobile email. Why are they emailing each other? (laughs) Ricky wants to have sex one last time before she moves. It's one for the road. And then they list off all the places in the apartment complex that they had sex. Including like the backyard and the patio and the car? And it's like, I'm sorry. I think they said the hallway. They basically just go through, like, the first half of What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris before <laughs> Shauna. <laughs> Can then... I tell you something? I, heard, I was listening to a different podcast the other day, and they referenced What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris featuring Shauna, and I'm like, wow, my impact. Yeah, for real. <laughs> okay, she says that she's not going to have sex with him because he's not in love with her, and then he keeps telling her that he does love her, but she doesn't buy it, and yeah, then she cause... gives... Oh. I was just going to say, um, yeah, because she's just like, you. no, you can't say that because you just tell me you love me when you want to have sex mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Um, also, But he tells other people all the time. So it's like, dude, you really screwed the pooch on this one. Well, that's the thing. It's like, value your partner. You know, like. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. And like, also respect. That you don't want the same things and she doesn't want to be with you anymore, you know? hmm Like, she's made it explicitly clear that she doesn't want to have sex with him unless there's a future in it. Yeah. And she's made it explicitly clear that there's no future. So, like, res- she respected your decision enough to know that she wants you to respect her decision. Mm-hmm. She gives him some of his stuff, like a belt and a shirt. It's a white belt. Which is very 2010 yeah. or whatever. Do we think that's the shirt that he left at her house when he rescued <laughs> Grace in season one? Probably. No, because she wore it to school and then she took it off at school, remember? It's burned into my brain. <laughs> um, but, okay, she says that they can be friends and he says friends with benefits. I'm cool with that. She doesn't want that. She says she's starting over and doesn't want sex anymore. She wants more. Yeah. We both need new beneficiaries. Yeah. Which is the least sexy way you can say that. For real. Ricky isn't listening. He's straight up just like looking at his phone and waiting for this fucking email to come through. And he's like, I just got the email. It's a shopping list from Amy. And I was like, dude, you could literally wait five seconds while you're having a conversation. With the person who just broke up, like, who just broke up with you. Yeah. Also, this whole episode, they keep talking about how, like, Ricky broke up with Adrian, and it's like... That's not what happened. No. It's a real George move. Actually, Alan, that's not the truth. <laughs> um, Adrian reiterates that she's looking for a relationship, and she says that I deserve that, and I was like, yes, if this is what dating your stepbrother got you to, I am happy about it. Yeah, yeah. It really, you know, washes over the sins of dating your brother. <laughs> um, and then Ricky says that he can't give it to her, and then he throws his stuff at her before he leaves, and then she puts it in the trash box. Yes, to which my notes simply say, Yas, slay, girl. 
um, a crime. <laughs> yeah, no, this was... Yeah, I just love that Adrian finally knows what she wants enough to be firm with yeah. Ricky. Like, this seems like it really is, like, the final break. Like, we talked last time about, like, do we think this breakup will stick? Mm-hmm. And I think, from what I've seen this episode, I think it will. I think she finally realizes that Ricky is not going to give her what she wants, and she's not going to put up with his shit anymore, because it's just not worth it. So, yeah. good for Adrian. Also, we'll see it more later, but, like, Adrian and Ricky act their ass off in this episode. Oh, they really like, do. even in this first scene, like, it's the best we've seen from him, for sure. Yeah. And among the best we've seen from her. They do a fantastic yeah, job. They do. They're really good scene partners. That's the thing, like... And again, we've talked about this before, how Francia kind of elevates everyone around her. And it's never more clear than when she has a scene with um, Darren, is it? Yeah, Darren Kagasoff. Yeah. They work well together. They work well off of each other. And I think all of the best scenes of this show happen between them. Yeah. Moving on from this scene, we go to Ben's bedroom, where he is on the phone with Amy. And he's talking sense, which sucks. I didn't write down anything that he says. Well, but he's I just kind write of down that yeah. Amy hangs up on him. Yeah, he like seems to be defending Ashley getting the room, and yeah. like it makes sense. And yeah, she just hangs up on him. Yeah, and then Leo comes in, so he explains the whole situation to Leo, and then Betty comes in to announce that she is moving in. Hell yeah! He and he says. That he's excited and that he means it and that he likes when she's there. Yeah. But he's like, why aren't you already living here? And she goes, Mr. King said I could move my stuff in here if I want. And I want. Mr. King. She is so proud to be marrying the Sausage King. (laughs) She She does need to say it any chance she gets. Um, She leaves. And then Leo is like, I don't want her moving her stuff in here. I don't know why I let her. And Ben is like, I know why. It's because you're whipped, essentially. Also, like, they're, like, getting married, right? Like, he realizes he's gonna have, like, she's gonna move her shit in. Like, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that episode of Friends where Rachel wants one lamp and Monica just won't let her. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... Yeah. I'm so glad you can speak to the universality of Friends. Well, the thing is, Friends has like 13,000 episodes, so like <laughs> any situation is probably like Friends. And I've seen all of them multiple times, unfortunately. That's kind of my cross to bear. Um, I My notes for this episode are so deeply unwell several times, because for this scene, like my biggest note on here is, what kind of kinks do you think they have? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is the kind of kinks I think they have. Yeah, I don't either. That's the thing. Like, I don't... It <laughs> disturbs me to think about. But for some reason, my mind was like, this is a good thing to write down. <laughs> we go from there to the Bowman household. Kathleen is kind of, like, sneaking out. And she's real sketchy about yeah, she's got a she's secret. going. She won't tell Grace and, and we find out that Grace has kind of like a timer set to like record every passing minute and hour since her father's death. 
Yeah, she knows the, like, the exact length of time Marshall's been dead, which is less than six months, but she knows it literally down to the hour. Yeah, it's like five months, whatever days, and 13 hours. Yeah. Which, again, like, I do think we should maybe push a little harder for therapy, because, like, that's not (laughs) helping any, like, that's not helpful. Yeah, I am taking a grief and loss class right now, and when I saw that, I was like, I just wrote a whole paper on complicated grief. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so then we go to the... Okay, so Kathleen is leaving. She's sketchy. And then she kind of says, oh, I'm going to go deliver food to the homeless. And she leaves. And then Tom calls Tammy because he's like, we have seven hours to ourselves. That's like such a specific amount of time yeah almost as specific as the amount of time that's passed since marshall bowman died (laughs) and then Um, tom asks grace if she's having sex and grace says no and tom doesn't believe it so then we go to the bowman kitchen where grace is calling jack to invite him over to avoid temptation in the privacy of her bedroom. Yeah, this whole, it's it's so, like, double entendre laced, where she's like, oh, come on, let's talk about how we're not gonna fuck while we're both, like, naked in my bed. Yeah. Bring that book about anti-fucking, okay, Jack? <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, during this phone call, they also talk about if Tom is doing it. And she does, she asks Jack to bring that book on how to avoid tax, or how to, <laughs> how to avoid taxes? <laughs> no, on how to avoid sex. And he's like, yeah, I'll bring it, but I'm pretty sure this isn't how you avoid temptation. So funny. Um, also the way that Jack is just like lounging in his bed with like the covers up. <laughs> it's so funny. He's all snuggled up. <laughs> he really is. And then. <laughs> he's got his pizza pajamas on and he's having a good day. Um, also, what book do you think he's bringing over on how to avoid sex? I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I don't. I think it's like a John Piper or a Tim Keller book. It's, it, maybe it's the one that my friend like forced me to read <laughs> in high school. Maybe. But I think that one was more about like anti-masturbatory exploration. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. We go from there to the Jurgens' house. Matt, wait, Amy is mad that Ashley was willing to move in with Amy. And then mad that Ashley gets the garage no, and that's, gets a dog. That blew my damn mind when George is like, you know, Ashley was willing to move in with you. And Amy's like, who said she was allowed to move in with me? So it's like, you just don't want Ashley to like have a room or space or to sleep. Yeah, you want her in a fucking tent in the backyard. Yeah, that was where it really like, any chance of me like trying to see this from Amy's side was kind of out the door. Because it's like, so you literally, you want everyone else to make big changes around you. You want Ashley to give up her room as a nursery for your baby, but you're not willing to even let her like share the room with you. Let yeah. alone get the new room. Like, why? Yeah. And she really is, like, in this what about me mentality. Because she's like, what do I get then? 
and George is like, a brand new SUV? Do you not remember you're literally getting a car? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the whole last year has entirely revolved around Amy. Mm-hmm. And again, this yeah. was just where it's like, please let Ashley have this one thing in a year that was probably very hard for her when she wasn't really allowed to process anything out loud for fear of, you know... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just really felt for Ashley during this episode, and it sucked. Yeah. Um, she accuses George of this all being about revenge, about the new car, and then he talks about how the dog is going back because Anne doesn't want it, and Amy's like, are you sure about that? And then Ashley comes in and says that, like, it won't happen, that the dog's gonna stay, and Amy's like, of course. Nothing bad ever happens in Ashley world. Oh my lord, Amy, calm down. <laughs> it's like lots of bad things happen in Ashley World, you yeah. bitch. Yeah. Like, like she hasn't had any friends her whole life. Yeah, she's kind of been like in various states of crisis for the past year from what we've seen. And like, you know, there were moments where I didn't like Ashley at all. I'll say it, I'll be the first to say it, but like. She's kind of had a hard time this year, too. Like, also, when you're 13 and your sister, who's, like, two years older than you, gets pregnant, like, that's kind of a bad thing happening to you, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Amy's situation isn't limited to just Amy. It affects Ashley. Mm-hmm. For sure. George tells them both to shut the fuck up and start loving and respecting each other. And then Amy is like... You and mom aren't married, so we're not even a real family. Oh my god. Families Again, look like all sorts of things, Amy. Yeah, do we need to read a preschool book to you, Amy? Yeah. Have you not seen Modern Family? Sometimes families are a little messy and a little kooky, you know? Yeah. Sometimes Sarah Hyland's there. Amy kind of storms out, then Ashley asks George for money for her room. And then to take her shopping because it's hard to get furniture on the bike. That is so true. It is so hard to get furniture on a bicycle. It really is. I'm glad we're finally addressing that. (laughs) So George's kind of lost in his own mind. And he says that he forgot that him and Anne were divorced. And Ashley says, like, divorce and marriage is just a piece of paper. Which, healthy perspective, honestly. It's it's a tax write-off, you know? Except she was... When he did sign the divorce papers, she did kind of throw a fit, whatever. Hey, then... she's older now. <laughs> she's a different person than she was two weeks ago. It's true. Um, Ashley is like, whatever, I don't care about the crisis you're going through. Can you take me shopping? And she's like, also, you're an idiot. Mom clearly wants the dog, even though she said that she doesn't. And he's like, no, no, no. She said she wanted me to get rid of him. And she says, you're her husband. You should know. Oh, wait. You're not her husband. Brutal. So good. Um, Um, Yeah, George does need to work on his communication because Anne obviously has turned a corner on this dog and loves it very much now. Also, um, never mind. I had a really dumb joke I was going to make, but like... I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? It's probably better for my reputation if I don't do this. Yeah. At least not at this point. If it comes up organically, I'll say it, but, like, it may be the stupidest thing I've ever thought of. 
Okay, well, I hope it comes up organically. Yeah, if it doesn't, I'll kind of shoehorn it in inorganically somehow, and we'll kind of just roll with it. Sounds good. Um, we go to Ant's kitchen where, like, Ashley's in there, and then Ricky comes in with a bunch of groceries and baby stuff, and he's, like, you know, got his arms full, and Ashley says that Amy is in a bad mood, and Ricky says that he doesn't want to know, like, the specifics because he doesn't want her to badmouth, like, the mother of his child to him. Which, Ricky's kind of being a good guy, I will say, when he's, you know, he's trying. He doesn't want to hear people badmouth Amy. Yeah. I don't think we've really ever seen him in that kind of a position where someone is badmouthing Amy around him. He's never let any... You know, like, he stood mm-hmm. up for Amy against Adrian when Adrian was in the right, even. So, like, mm-hmm. he's very defensive of Amy. Um, so... Ashley tells Ricky that she is upset about her getting to move into the garage. So that's why he had to go grocery shopping for her. And he's like upset that that's the reason. He's like, this isn't the way that I wanted to spend my day. Sorry, I'm also having a bad day. And Ashley suggests he gets out and has some time to himself. And then she's like, well, I was gonna go to some like garage sales and yard sales today to look for stuff for my new room. Like, do you want to take me? And they're like, okay, let's tell your family. She's like, no, we'll just leave a note. Yeah. Ricky kind of looks like a predator at the end of the scene. No, they really frame the scene to make him look like a predator. And they frame a couple scenes in this episode to make it look like he's predating on Ashley when I don't think he is. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Because they, you know, like... Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but a big moment of this scene is Ricky frustrated that everyone thinks he's, like, this monster. Yeah. And the show's kind of framing him in that way as well. So it's like, I'm surprised he doesn't list Brenda Hampton as one of the people who doesn't believe in him (laughs) when he talks about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we go to the yard sale in Betty's house, and she is getting rid of a dentist chair. And then she kind of turns and she's talking to two potential, you know, purchasers. And it's a mom and her son. Yeah. And she's selling a pair of red pumps to the mom because they hardly ever touch the floor. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And then the kid wants... He's just like probably like an 11-year-old kid or something and he wants the handcuffs and his mom is like no (laughs) um another guy comes up and he buys something from her and she sticks the money in her bra she he gave her a 20 dollar bill that's an expensive yard sale well betty has nice things so much of her stuff has never touched the floor (laughs) um he as she's like tucking the money in her bra she tells him to like wear protection And then a third guy comes up and he's like, why are you getting rid of all of this? And she's like, I'm getting married to the Sausage King. And they're all like, I bet you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, there's a a comment I wrote that says, so many costumes and boas we love. Oh, yeah. She kept things interesting. I... uh... What did she sell to the guy that she said to use protection with? I was wondering if it was like a sex thing. Yeah, I think it was. 
Um, we go back to the Bowman house. We're in Grace's bedroom where Jack and Grace are making out. And she kind of stops it because she's in pain because she uses all these like euphemisms. So funny. So the first one is, is that it's that time of the month and Jack kind of looks confused. Yeah, he's not really sure. I got my monthly visitor. My aunt Flo is in the house. The painters are here. I fell off a roof. And Jack says, sounds like your vagina is really busy. (laughs) Thank you, Jack. Again, Jack has turned such a corner. Oh my god! He says that she should just tell him that she got her period. Yes. And, like, they have this discussion where he's like, you don't, like, this is your body. Like, I grew up with my mother. Like, I know how the body works. Like, you don't need to be ashamed of this function that 50% of the population has. Like, he Mm -hmm. kind of tries to destigmatize, like, the shame she feels about her period, which is honestly so cool from our himbo king. For real, like... He says that he used to get on his bike and, like, go get tampons for his mom. And I was like, I know so many, like, 30-year-old men who won't go get those for their wives. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it's cool. I like, this was one of the things that the show did that I, like, liked. And I was glad they did it. And they didn't do anything to immediately undo it. Like, they do with so Mm -hmm. many of the other things. Like, you know female masturbation or like yeah. um oral <laughs> um <laughs> yeah Be- yeah he kind of addresses the shame that grace feels and he's like well if we're gonna be having sex like we should both be comfortable talking about like yes. all parts of our bodies because like we've seen each other naked and then he also said that he would be comfortable having sex on her period and she's like no um and then she is like, well, if you're, like, not uncomfortable with this, like, will you go buy me some things? I'm out. And then she, like, is kind of hesitant to list out what she needs. So he's like, it's yeah. fine. You can just write it down. Like, no worries. I Which love is so him in this sweet. moment. Like, yeah. It's just, if you would have told me at the beginning of this series that this scene would happen, I wouldn't have believed you. No, me neither. Oh. So we go down the stairs in the Bowman household. Jack comes down and Tom accuses of him Tom accuses him of going out to buy condoms and then he like gloats about the groin injury he gave Jack. Can and we Jack leaves stop this with Tom. Seriously. I'm getting really like he was I really liked his character in season one. It felt like at the same time I will say it's nice that he's not like a stock character. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I'm sick of this villainy. Yeah, same. Um, because especially because it's kind of hypocritic villainy because he's kind of like trying to get Tammy in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tammy is very hesitant. She's like, "We don't have to do what they're doing." Yeah. And she leaves. Then we go back to Betty's yard sale. Ben has arrived with Henry and Alice, and Henry is having the time of his life. He wants the handcuffs really badly. When did this happen? Like, why have they done my boy like this? Why have (laughs) they made him where his only personality trait is horny enough to die? (laughs) 
he's a nasty little freak. He is. Um, Betty right away is like, oh, those handcuffs were given to me by a friend. He was a, a magician. magician. <laughs> also, um, we should note, um, she's holding a ukulele through this whole yes. scene. So just keep yes. that in mind. It'll be important later. <laughs> it's a blue, yeah, it's a little it's blue uke. A little uke. blue uke. Ben is being... He's trying very hard to be very diplomatic throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And basically tell Betty that her stuff is shit and they don't want it in their house without Which saying that. I'm starting to understand more now that I've seen some of her <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> they talk about the dentist chair yeah, and which... Betty says... That she doesn't want to keep the chair, but she does want to keep the spit basin because it would be cute to have a little sink next to the big sink in the bathroom. That's not what I was thinking it was for when she first said she wanted to keep it. I don't know what. Yeah. And then Ben's just like, you know, I don't know that our uh, I don't know that our plumber will know what to do with that. Like, I think we'd have to get a special dental plumber and I'm just not sure where we'd find one, Betty. Yeah. Um, so she's like, you know what? You're right. And it goes with the chair. So that's fine. Um, Alice then asks how much for the pogo stick. Yeah. And Henry is like, what's that for? Yeah. And, and Alice, Alice goes. Like, Jumping. <laughs> and Betty says, oh, I never thought of that. What the, what the <laughs> hell is she using this pogo stick for? <laughs> I need someone to tell me right now. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't. Um, it just, my mind kind of like shattered in this moment. A million little pieces, some would say. Yeah. <laughs> and also, other, Rick- uh, th- never mind. That wasn't gonna, that joke wasn't going <laughs> to land, so I'm just going to stop right now. Ricky and Ashley then show up and they're in it's so funny because Ashley's like I can't carry any furniture in my like on my bike and so she enlists Ricky with his fucking Toyota Prius didn't he have a truck at one point like when he saved no, Grace Jack. didn't he have a truck no it was his Prius okay cool he's always driven this little silver Prius but a Prius does not have a lot of storage space because no. it's a hybrid vehicle. She so could get very... maybe a nightstand. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And that's pushing it. And also the fact that she shows up at Betty's yard sale, like what furniture is she going to get there? Whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's really. But um, and they then... show up. Oh. I was just going to say, um, like Ricky unbuckles Ashley's seatbelt. Yeah, it's very weird. And again, like, they're kind of trying to show it like Ricky is a predator, just so you know. Yeah. But, um, Betty's jacked out of her mind that Ricky's coming. Who, Ben is? Betty. No, Betty. Oh, yeah. Because Ben's like, oh, this is going to cause a problem. And Betty's like, oh, it's your little friend from the butcher shop. And then she, like, plucks a few notes on her ukulele and she's like, Ricky! <laughs> Which, like, I can't even imitate, like, that sound 
I want to download it as a ringtone, <laughs> and I want to hear Jennifer Coolidge sing Ricky while plucking like random ukulele strings every time I get a text message. I'll I'll make it a ringtone for you. Thank you, and I'll You're set welcome. it only for my friend Ricky. <laughs> um. Yeah, just... very interesting scene, nope. especially because we don't see any follow up of like the way they all interact yeah. together at they the did art the... sale. They do the same thing they did with the baby shower, where they're like, "We're gonna gather a really interesting situation, and then we're not gonna show it to you." Yeah, all build up, no climax, <laughs> um, except for Adrian. <laughs> except for Adrian, yeah, that one Adrian had one climax at least. If she would have been with Ricky, it would have been no fewer than three. Uh, <laughs> so we go uh, back to wait, Anne's house. Oh. I was just gonna say my last note for this was like, Jennifer, I hope they were paying you enough to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, um, she also in this in these couple scenes, especially with like shoving the money in her bra, she was really taking on her a Cinderella story character. Oh, yes. Yeah. She so is good. Fiona. Yeah. So we go to Anne's bedroom with George and Anne, and Anne says that she changed her mind and she wants to keep Moose, and George says it's too late, someone is coming to get him, and yeah. Anne says that George will not be able to move into the house if he lets someone take Moose away. Yeah. And then... This man comes into their bedroom. It's the man who's come to to take Moose. Amy let him in. Absolutely wild that the man walks in and and tells Moose to call 911. And he does. He gets down and you hear the yeah. dial tone. Looking at it in general, telling your dog to call the police because someone is coming because they were called to pick up your dog is a wild move. Yeah. Um, it's like your neighbor. Do you want to finish telling the dog story? Oh, my addendum to the dog story or my little added piece. Um, I, as I was listening to the episode that had the dog story in it, I remembered something very important, which was that like one time when my neighbor called the police on our dog, my dad like was there and was like, why? Like what's, and the guy was just like, well, I'm just going to like, if he comes on my yard, I'm going to call the police. And my dad's like, if you're so bothered by this dog running across your yard, next time he comes in the yard, just shoot him. Like, just shoot the dog if it bothers you so much. And the guy just kind of, like, stood there and stared and was like, what? Um, and then he didn't call the police anymore when our dog ran through his yard. <laughs> it's like a bold strategy, but I guess it paid off. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So strange. Really? That's Wisconsin for you. It, it really is. Um, um, so George kind of turns to this man and he's just like, she's pregnant and nuts. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, and the guy is like, I get it. Totally call the police on me. It's yeah, fine. This is like, this is such a good example of the way white women utilize the police as their personal protectors and bodyguards. Um, you know, you pull out the crocodile tears and you call the police and then they come and protect you because we know that the police are not to serve the public. They are to serve the white upper class. I said that with a funny voice, but like, it's kind of the truth. No, she, this was her social commentary. Yeah. Brenda Hampton hates the fucking police. That's the thing. Like, okay, we move to Anne's kitchen. 
Amy finds the note from Ashley and goes, ugh. And George comes in. He's like, why are you screaming? And she hands him the note and says, Ashley and Ricky. And then George goes, ugh. Which I just think is cute little. It's a nice parallel structure. Yeah. So then. But for bad reasons, because they're both like, well, if Ricky's with Ashley, obviously Ricky is going to try to fuck Ashley. And Ashley is not, you know. A conscious person. She has no sentience. Yes, Ashley is obviously going to be seduced by his wily ways. Oh, Amy says that it's George's fault if Ashley gets pregnant because... Oh, my God. She, you know, gave him this... Is it because of the garage? Yeah, because because of the garage, she had to get furniture. Yeah. And, yeah, she starts, like, trying to call Ricky with a 555-555 number. <laughs> I actually... I, I wrote it down. I said his phone number is 555-555-5332. Which, <laughs> like, they're not even trying for... Like, you can just do one set of 555s, you know? Like... Yeah. You don't need double five 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 like then it just looks foolish well they really wanted to show off her phone because she says she's gonna call him and email him until he responds and george goes well do you think he's by a computer he has mobile email so he doesn't need to be by a computer was this whole episode spawn con for yeah like mobile email yeah and i said just text him babe like yeah no one's out here checking emails on the streets no so, Adrian appears in the door. Yeah. Asking to put more boxes in the garage. And kind of shares the news that her and Ricky broke up. And Amy says that Ashley's going to get pregnant. And Adrian goes, does anyone in this house know about birth control? So true. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Because, like, part of the thing when... Because they asked, like, Adrian, they're like... Do you know where Ricky is? And she's like, well, we broke up, so probably trying to have sex with some mm-hmm. girl. And it's like, well, Adrian, wrong thing to say in this moment. Yeah. This For a second, I was confused. Like, is the Adrian-Amy feud just done? Yeah. Because, like, there not. was not the immediate hostility. Yes. But there was hostility once Adrian left. It was confusing because, like, we got no closure on that storyline and now we're kind of just moved past it. Well, yeah, I have a note about that because Ashley and Ricky show up and George is like, everyone cleared the room except for me and Ricky. I need to talk to him. Mono y mano. Ooh. And Adrian is like, goodbye, neighbors. And I said, Amy is then pissed because she remembers Adrian is moving in. Yeah. She's like, yeah, she's going to live next to us forever. And then she storms out. And then Ashley tries to defend Ricky and is like, it was my idea. And then she leaves. So that way George and Ricky can have this conversation where Ricky is like, listen, I would never try to fuck Ashley. She's John's aunt. Like I have boundaries. I took her to a garage sale because she asked me to. And George clearly has not gotten over the fact that Amy got pregnant and he blames Ricky for this. And Ricky is like, isn't that a bit like the pot calling the kettle black? Like you're no better than me. And then he kind of goes through this whole thing where he finally kind of stands up for himself and it does show the character development that he does. Like he has had, it's a nice, you know, little like, synopsis of it because George says that Ricky hasn't learned from his mistakes and Ricky is like I am trying my hardest 
I literally am living by myself. I work hard every day. I give Amy all the money I can. I try to see my son every chance I can. And I would never think of touching Ashley. And then George is like, fuck all your growth, whatever. You would think of touching Ashley. And Ricky is like, yeah, I would maybe think about it, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And you know what? All the other kids at school are thinking about it and they would touch her and Griffin the gay guy is not going to do anything about it. Which And then he Why bring Griffin into this? I know. Like, what, what was up with that? Do we just need a reminder because he wasn't on screen this episode that he's yeah. there so we, you know, we got to remember that there is gay representation on this show. Yeah. I think Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then he Ricky basically calls the garage that George is gifting Ashley a sex dungeon. He doesn't use those words, but he's like, you know, so you're that, giving her a place to do all of this. I'm wondering if that's the difference between premium and regular Hulu. Because in mine, he did call it a sex dungeon. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, he's like, you're the one who gave her a sex dungeon. Well, actually, you know what? You're right. Now that I think about it, it wasn't sex dungeon. He calls it a fuck shack. But... Um, <laughs> Same general vibe. <laughs> um, uh, I guess they just put in, sprinkle in some stuff for those of us who have to watch commercials. It's kind of like a makeup for it. Seriously. This finishes up because Ashley comes in and kind of interrupts George and Ricky. And she's like, yeah, you did give me the garage, but you trust me completely, don't you, Dad? And then there's no answer from George. So we go from there to a real tonal shift. Jack is standing in the aisle at the drugstore looking for these specific tampons that Grace wants, and a worker comes over to help him because he can't he he can't find them. He's been to three stores and he is not able to find them. Has he tried the gas station? I know. For the giveaways. Because he, <laughs> he tried filling up his tank. <laughs> they actually only offer those tampons yeah. there. Yeah, people seem to love them. So, like, maybe that's what... Yeah. Um. Okay. He overhears Kathleen getting frisky with a dude in the condom aisle. Which, Kathleen, <laughs> you dirty gal. And I will... he... Oh. Oh, I was just... I'm gonna say that kind of pissed me off that she was in the condom aisle because I'm all for two consent adults having consensual sex. You know what I mean? Like I'm pretty yeah. sex posy. I am not sex posy for people who claim one thing and do the other. You know what I mean? If you're like the kind of person who shames other people for having premarital sex, I don't think you should be having premarital sex. Yes. It's like the, the Jerry Falwell Jr. situation where it's like, I don't give a fuck if you want to get cucked, but then you don't get to judge other people. Yeah. You know, like the cucking isn't the wrong thing. It's kind of hot in the right context, maybe. Um, but it's you doing this while on your platform that says that any sex outside of marriage is deviant behavior. That's what mm-hmm. makes it wrong. So Kathleen... If you want to get fucked, that's cool. Like, I get it. But yeah, not while your whole platform is abstinence. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jack kind of turns around 
and makes eye contact with her. Yeah. And she realizes that it's Jack and he just he runs. takes off. Yeah. I hope Sprints he didn't have any tampons store. on his person because then he was stealing. <laughs> um, okay. We go back to Anne's kitchen. Ricky is still there and he and Amy are talking and Amy says that she doesn't think that Ricky and Ashley should be alone. And Ricky asks her to give them both more credit that, you know, Ashley has learned from the mistakes that Amy made and, you know, that he wouldn't want to fuck his son's aunt. And then it's very clear that Amy still blames Ricky for her getting pregnant and says that she didn't want to have sex and he still had sex with her. The, you know, this is so... I'm still so so unsure what the consensual nature of the... Regardless of what the consensual nature of the act is, it's valid for her to feel traumatized and to be angry. I don't want to invalidate her experience at all. Um, But it's just such a confusing situation that was never given any sort of clarity to us as the... So I still don't know how to feel about it because every once in a while they have these discussions where Ricky's like, you were also on board... And I'm not sure if that's true or not. And I don't know yeah. how to feel about it. But, like, obviously in his mind, she was fully into it in that moment. Mm-hmm. And he even says, like, I didn't plan to sleep with you that night or I would have had condoms on me. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, one thing led to another. Yeah. Which is, unfortunately, the reality of a lot of, like, teenage sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. I, Consent is so nuanced. Yes. And, and a thing that We don't I have enough... Is, information i was just gonna say a thing that i think is important to remember in all these discussions of consent we're having about this particular show is it was made 12 years ago before this discussion was really happening and it's such a thinly written show Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not like the kind of either way it's not like the kind of non-consensual stuff we were seeing in like gossip girl where chuck bass like frequently like assaults women so like Mm -hmm. It's a lot more nuanced in that way, and in a way that talking about it in 2021, there's not really a good way to look at it and feel good about it, because it's mm-hmm. just, the information we were given is never going to be enough to make a decision based on today's standards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you said that well. Thank you so much. I really, I needed a win today, and that really <laughs> felt good. You already got a win today. Kaylee Kuoko got nominated. No, Kaylee Kuoko got a win today. And I was (laughs) cheering her on, but that wasn't me. Um, Okay. Um, Ricky says that because she's mad all the time, she needs to be careful not to take it out on John and to enjoy him. And she says that she is too tired to enjoy him. And here we go. Again, he offers to do more. And take him more often so that way she can get a break. And then... And I will say, she... I like the way he offers to do more because he does give, like, specific things he can do, too. Mm-hmm. He's not like, well, then just tell me what you need. He's like, well, I'll take him some nights and I'll do more with him and I'll, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And... She brings up the breakup between him and Adrian, and he says, yeah, whatever, like, we'll get back together, or I'll get with someone else. And so he turns it into a conflict. He says, so you need to learn you can't control who holds John. And then 
which conversation that needs to be had not necessarily right now yeah i don't think like now you, is... could, you could hold that off for the next time amy makes an irrational argument with someone yeah and she kind of flips a switch and she just responds by getting very angry and saying i really hate you do you know that and he goes i know that even when you're nice to me i know that amy which the sexual tension in the air Really? I have a deeply unhealthy view of sex, <laughs> is the thing. And I do think we need to remember this. <laughs> to me, sex is conflict. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, I said Ricky leaves and Amy is so mad. Is her heart okay? Like, she needs to get her blood pressure checked, I think. Yeah. She just needs a general wellness check, I think. Like, I think so. Do you think maybe she's, like, anemic and that's why she's kind of... <laughs> Is she getting um, enough iron? As someone who's anemic, I feel like no. Okay. Well, you're just standing up for your kind, then. <laughs> Watch there be an entire, like, episode of the week, like a Heather format episode, where it's just about Amy discovering she's anemic and then it's never addressed again. <laughs> She has to eat, like, four packages of spinach a day. Um, okay, so we move back to the Bowman household. Grace comes out of the kitchen where Kathleen is, and, you know, we find out Grace just took a nap, so she missed dinner. Yes. Kathleen is in a good mood. Yeah, she was. And she... Says that they got Dairy Shack for dinner, but Grace's is probably, like, no good anymore. So she suggests they just hop in the car and go to through the drive-thru again. Which, I'm thinking about this. What's a fast food item that you would reheat and eat? Chicken nuggets. Okay, cool. I was just wondering, like, what was the end game here, Kathleen, if you knew she was sleeping? You know, like, most... Well, I, th- I don't think she knew that she was sleeping when she bought it. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was just going to say, like, there's very few fast food items that I would get for someone if I knew that they wouldn't be able to eat it right away. Yeah. Because most of them are bad reheated. (laughs) Grace says that she wants to come feed the homeless next time Kathleen goes because it makes everyone, you know, happy and in a good mood. And Tom is like, no, it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Really just um, embracing the villainy at this point. Yeah. Kathleen tells both of them to go get their jackets. And then while they're out of the room, she calls Jack. And she's like, you didn't tell Grace? And he's like, tell Grace what? What drugstore? Huh? What's going on? And she says, thank you. That's like, she thinks he's doing her a favor but i think he might have forgotten (laughs) just based on his recent behavior tom comes back in and says who are you having sex with just kidding and then kathleen feels guilty so she tells tom and grace that she met someone and tom is like okay good for you i've been asking you to find someone else since like yeah Two hours after Marshall died. Yeah, Tom's like, I'm glad you finally moved on. It's been six <laughs> whole months. What's wrong with you? Um, and Kat- <laughs> and Grace says that she hates her. Yeah. She just goes, I hate you. Real Nemo like, vibes. Yeah. Storms upstairs. Which, like, I get you're upset or whatever, but, like, 
just please let your mom grieve the way that she wants to grieve and let her move on when she's ready to move on. Yeah. And just like, please don't get in the way of her happiness for your comfort. Wow. You're on fire tonight. I'm really just like... I've been talking really smart to try to impress a boy on an app. So, like, I'm kind of in that zone right now. There you go. I can't believe you talk about cheating on me when we're on the podcast, so I can't respond. Why do you think I did it, babe? (laughs) 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 So we go to the Lee condo. Ricky is banging on the door, and Adrian comes and gets it. Cindy and Ruben are like, fuck packing. We're not helping. They're nowhere to be seen this whole episode. He kind of barges into the apartment and he says that he doesn't deserve to be broken up with. And she says but sh- that she deserves to be with a guy who is serious about her. And he says they're too young to be serious. And then he, like, tries to make out with her. She, like, pushes him off and says that he's scaring her. Yeah. Well, like, he's, like, Which obviously valid. in a crisis right now. And, like, she... Yeah, I think it... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's valid for Adrian to be, like, you're scaring me. Yeah. And then 100%. Ricky's kind of, like... He kind of, like, invalidates the fact that, like, Adrian is scared by being, like, why is everyone scared about me? It's, like, well, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, the other people, like, you're valid in your anger. Like, you are, like, acting kind of scary around Adrian. Yeah. And, like, she's trying to let you know, like, hey, something's obviously going on with you, but, like, I can't, like, I'm not going to, like, fuck you in this state. Mm-hmm. Because you're, like, under crisis, and I'm not gonna yeah. do that. That's not... I cannot feel good about this situation if it progresses further. Like, she's laying out good boundaries and, like... Oh, yeah. This whole... Yeah, he says... His crisis is, like, everyone is afraid of him and everyone thinks that he's the bad guy no matter what he do... What he does... No matter what he does... No matter what he do... (laughs) No matter what he does, it's always poor Amy and not poor Ricky... And then he kind of says, you know, it's really good that he's being honest with Adrian about marriage. Yeah. It would be, like, really shitty for him to lie about it to continue to be with yeah. Adrian. Which is true, but that doesn't mean you stay together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, she- he's kind of like, you're punishing me for being honest. And she's like, no, in this moment, you're kind of punishing me for being honest. Yeah. And... She, you know, she has tears in her eyes and she's like, well, if I'm being honest with myself... It would be bad if I had sex with you right now just because I'm feeling sorry for you. Yes. And then he kind of goes to leave and she asks him to wait. She has tears in her eyes and he's so angry. You can see the veins That's in the, his like neck. Like he's acting with his veins. He's doing yeah. vein acting. Do you know how hard that is to do to get those to pop on command? <laughs> and she asks him if they can go to therapy together and kind of begs for it. And he repeatedly says no. Yeah. He'll continue to go to therapy on his own, but they can't go together. He just wants to have sex and not, like, work anything out. Yeah. And she says, no, it doesn't feel right. She's sorry, but, like, not right now. Yeah. And and again, this is where it really, like, showed up. that Both of them, they left their asses on that set because they acted them off entirely, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it was... Yeah. I was enraptured by this scene. Like, I, it was the only part of this episode where I didn't, like, wish I was doing something else. Because they kind of yeah. put on a little master class that the rest of the cast could have 
so serve good. to watch, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just like a powerful scene, in my yeah. opinion. No, I thought it was really good, and I think also it was really cool to see Adrian stand her ground and like know her work. Well, that's the thing. Though... It really, this was where it like if it was solidified in earlier in the episode that they that she was serious, it really was like rock solid right now. Well, and in the past, she's kind of tried to stand her ground, but yeah. she, her kryptonite really is Ricky being vulnerable with her Mm -hmm. and here we see him being vulnerable and she's like i appreciate that effort but like i can still see that this is not good for us yeah so i'm not going to pursue it which i think is really good and shows her character development too and also it's i really hope they don't get back together i don't think which i know that's i don't think they will and if they do i think it'll be like three seasons from now as like a last ditch effort to like shake Mm. things up and save the series from cancellation So, um, switching gears, we go to the garage. Yeah. And George comes in and he apologizes to Ashley and says that he's like a dummy and he does trust her. And she defends Ricky, saying he's an abused kid who stuck it out and went to therapy for years and is trying to have a better life. He's not a bad guy. He's a guy who's had a hard life. And George says that's what's scary to him. I think he's kind of alluding to her empathy that's exactly what i got was like i i thought that's what because it it, the way it was presented it was kind of like it could mean like he's scared that he had a hard life or he's scared that ashley realizes all of this and feels empathy for him and just knowing george he is terrified of empathy Mm -hmm. he's never seen it he's never touched the stuff yeah she reiterates that she asked Ricky to take her to the garage sale and she wanted to get out of the house for a while. She's excited to like all live, you know, she's excited to be a family again, but she's not excited to live with Amy again. Which I get it after the last three episodes now, the streak just keeps going further and further into like Amy being the Joker, frankly. Yeah. George asks Ashley if she went out with Ricky to torture Amy and Ashley said she didn't. Yes, it occurred to her once they were on the way, but that wasn't the goal. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her to talk to Amy. He's not asking her, he's telling her. So then we go to Ben's bedroom. Betty and Ben are talking, and Ben is sitting in the dentist chair. They hug, and she thinks him for convincing him to leave her stuff behind. And he says that Leo would never leave her with nothing. And she says that they signed a prenup. What is a prenup? I've never understood it. Um, it's basically an agreement that... Like, what's yours before the wedding is yours after the wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that you're not splitting things in the divorce. So, like, wouldn't that make it more likely that she would end up with nothing? In a way? Yeah, I mean, sometimes in a prenup, you can create a clause that's like... You know, whatever. And I think also if they got divorced, she could file for alimony. Okay. And get checks every month. Hot. Leo and Betty switch places in the hallway. Betty leaves and Leo comes in to talk to Ben. Leo slaps Betty's ass. Does he? Yeah. 
Leo. <laughs> I always knew um, Leo was an ass man. <laughs> Leo thanks Ben for helping out. And Ben says, oh, yeah, anything for my dad. He's really asking for a favor. And that favor is for Amy to sleep over because she's having a hard time. And Leo says if her parents says it's okay. But then it comes out that the reason Amy wants to sleep over is because her and Ashley are not getting along and there's conflict over the garage and Leo's like, no, never mind. It should be Amy and Ashley doing a sleepover, working it out, not her coming over here. And then Ben asks if Amy can move in and Leo is like, get fucked, Ben. Shut the fuck up. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Ben kind of kicks Leo out of his room when he gets a phone call and he calls back right away and says, Chow, how are you? So it's clearly it's the clearly the cheated. lady that was chowing on him in the summer, if you know what I'm saying. God damn it, <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was a good pun, Thank but you. <laughs> fuck you. Okay. We go to George's kitchen. Ashley is in her PJs, I think, and she looks like she has had about 14 smokes and a couple of glasses of wine. I was just going to say, she... like, she's in, like, full wine mom gear. You yeah. know, like, her kids have been driving her up the wall today. <laughs> she answers the door to Ricky. He wants to talk to George. And she's like, well, he's not here. Do you want to come in and chat? And then, then we go back to the And then Bowman we fade house. out. I had a commercial, and I thought the episode was done. Oh, really? And this is where I noted that this episode is truly, like, 13 hours long, because I I lived three lives over the course of this episode. <laughs> it's the nine lives of Chloe King. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, now there's a show. Yeah, it's so good. We go to the Bowman household. Jack is in Grace's bedroom, and he brings her the burger and fries that Kathleen got for her. This made me want a fast food burger and fries. Me too. It wanted. I didn't want a burger, but I wanted like a Shake Shack shake and crinkle fries. I almost went out into town and like got fast food for myself, and then I was like, "Why would I do that? Why would I spend money? I have food at home." It's so frustrating that. Pittsburgh does not have a Shake Shack. I don't know what Shake Shack is. Ugh, want to go to Cleveland? Honestly, I'm down. I love Cleveland. Okay, well, they have a Shake Shack there. We'll make so a we day of go. it someday. Okay, great. Grace tells Jack that her mom is dating, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, oh, like, this is new information my... to me, and I've never heard this before. Yeah. He's like, my mom met my stepdad in grief counseling, so I get it. And I feel like a lot of like middle-aged to older adults like after their spouse dies they either get back into a relationship like right away or they don't and it's <laughs> that was such a dumb thing to say <laughs> I meant or they wait like <sighs> you know what that was it sounded so stupid that I'm not even gonna finish the thought I was whatever Okay, it's so good. I really just blew up all the good things I said earlier in the episode, and now everyone's like, for a split second, I thought he might be smart, and now we're realizing he's just a dumbass. You know, even a monkey can type Shakespeare given long enough. 
damn it. <laughs> so, okay, Grace says that Kathleen will never get married again, and Jack is like, well, your mom is really hot. But he pivots before he says that she's hot and is like, she's a very nice woman. And you know what? She Both deserves- of those statements are true. Yeah, I think so too. She deserves to be happy. And then Grace says that Oh, Grace says she's like, My dad deserves to be happy. And Jack's like, Well, he's fucking dead. Yeah, so like, like get over it. He is worm food right now, okay? <laughs> he is in the garbage bin at the golf course. So Jack is like, well, we can't really like your. Let's focus on what we can do because your dad is dead. And Grace is like, do you ever even want to have sex with me again? And of course, that's the line that Tom overhears, and he's like, aha, bitch, I fucking knew it. Like, did you not learn your lesson from when I caused a groin injury? And Jack yeah. is like, you dumb bitch. Like, I'm still here even though you attacked me. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then Tom reveals that Kathleen's boyfriend is downstairs. Yeah. Can I just say also, what Tom overhears was her telling him, do you ever want to have sex again? Like, yeah. angrily. Yeah. Nothing about that sentence suggests that they're having sex or plan to have sex anytime soon. Yeah. But, like, when you're walking into the bedroom of someone, you only hear, like, half the words they're saying. Sex again? Oh, that's the thing. <laughs> he heard sex again. Yeah. He was like, I knew um, it. Um, but here, Grace really just ups the icon factor for this episode. Why? Because she says she doesn't want to meet her mom's gigolo. Oh, yeah. Which, did you know what a gigolo was in high school? It's like a male stripper. I think it's like a male prostitute. Oh, Really? I'm 99% sure. <laughs> so I still don't know. That's the thing. I also don't know male... it enough. No, Chippendales was like a male strip company. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. Like, we're both like adults and we're not entirely sure what it means. <laughs> so the fact that she just has that vocabulary term locked and loaded. Yeah. Um... Speaking of the gigolo, we go to the Bowman kitchen where Jeff and Kathleen are like canoodling and Tom comes down and they introduce Jeff as Kathleen's boyfriend yeah, and, like, and she's like, hot, friend? Right? If you like, like property brothers type. And you know I do. And it's just really rude of you <laughs> to shame me for that. <laughs> um, Jeff and Kathleen. Okay, so... It's weird because Kathleen is like, oh, Jeff is just my friend. And then Jeff is like, no, like boyfriend. I didn't really like Jeff that much. He says that he's Dr. Segay, who is the, he is <laughs> Dr. Segay, more like Dr. So Gay. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> that bitch is roasted. Um. <laughs> so... But he's, Tom is like, didn't you kill my dad? And he's and like, it's... no, it's my brother. <laughs> Which means his, his so... <laughs> brother has just died as well. Like, Tom, have some tact. Kathleen and him met at the insurance office about the settlement. And then Tom says that 
Jeff will be next if Grace meets him, insinuating that Grace is going to murder Jeff. With an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff is going to drive a plane into your home. Jeff is going to... Grace is going to. Son of a bitch. I really lost it. Um, So, Tom... Yeah, Tom's really just out here making threats. He's like... Yeah, because then he's like, do you play football? Oh my god. Which, like, Kathleen <laughs> then warned he... him, first of all. like Or, like, tell Tom to knock it off. Yeah. I feel like Tom then... did not face enough consequences for his actions. No. In any way. So. He faced no consequences. They were all like, well, we said he got mad. Yeah. Um... So Tom leaves, and then Kathleen and Jeff start macking in the kitchen, and they're talking about if they're going to have sex or not, and Kathleen seems unsure. She says that she's a Christian, and he's like, okay, and I'm Jewish. and we love a mixed-faith relationship, honestly. Yeah. And she says she's ready, but this isn't the right time. She needs to be a parent tonight instead of having sex. And Jeff is like, why? Tom is on the phone, and Grace and Jack are in their bedroom. Every... Mother's boyfriend in the show wants their girlfriend to abandon their family. I don't think Ruben. Ruben wanted Cindy to be a better mom. Ruben fully abandoned his family, though. That's true. That's true. It's one or the other. Yeah. They're really like, fuck your kids. Yeah. Fuck your daughter. Yeah, it's it's Nora Durst, and we love that. Uh so, spe- speaking of the original fuck your daughter, we go, eh, I don't like that. <laughs> to quote Jesse, words mean things. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying um, it so I didn't have to this time. So, Anne, we go to Anne's bedroom. She's, like, sleeping with Moose on the bed. George is just sleeping in the closet. We have still not gotten rid of the sling, which makes me think it's, like, a real thing that Mark Derwin needed, but... So here's my thought. I think he needed it at one point, and I think to stock up for Molly's pregnancy leave, they shot all of her scenes in, like, one day. So then they had to put him in the sling in other scenes where he didn't need them. (laughs) So that's why it looks so shitty half the time (laughs) that's my new conspiracy i like that but that also because like every molly ringwald scene is like in a bottle she does not interact with anyone also he's like sleeping in the sling and you i don't pass a certain point you don't have to sleep right so we're in this bedroom going back she wakes up hella hungry and she wants like scratch pancakes and George is like, yeah, I'll go make them for you. I'll do anything for you for the rest of your life. For the rest of our life. Simp. Yeah. George goes to turn off the lights in the house and he sees Ashley and Ricky across the way talking in the window of the old house, drinking soda and he's mad. It looks like there's like a kitchen in there. Like I was very confused of the setup. Also, she got it decorated so quickly and whatever no that's not the garage that's the old house they're in george's old oh. house. okay i'm stupid i was like there is a kitchen in there what are you talking about i forgot about? i didn't i'm so confused i know you can't tell the it's movement. the kitchen because it doesn't have the motorcycle yeah. in it. but well i'm just confused because i thought adrian had moved in already and now i'm just oh, really yeah, yeah. like i feel broken 
No, it's okay. Much like Cedar um, featuring Amy Lee of Evanescence. <laughs> so he goes to the kitchen and starts like angrily making pancakes and he's cracking eggs one-handed which is very well, impressive that's the like one-handed king honestly like amazing to if you can crack an egg with one hand like dm <laughs> so ashley comes in and is like ricky went home he saw you through the window and george says yes but you notice how i didn't come over because i trust you and he like begs Ashley not to go there with Ricky and she says she's not interested she likes him as a friend and he says please do not encourage Ricky to be any more than that and Ashley says Ricky is in love with Adrian not Amy and George is like well Adrian can handle Ricky but you and Amy can't and I was like okay whatever yeah yeah so we finish this episode in Ben's bedroom why and he's on the phone with the fucking Italian girl. It's like nighttime. Like she's calling at like four a.m. her time. Is it? What's the time difference between Bologna and California? Oh, California. Oh, I was thinking East Coast. Yeah. He's West Coast. So that's probably six, seven, eight about nine hours so it's probably morning okay fine he asks her when she's gonna come over it's nine hours italy is nine hours ahead of california that's what i literally just said did you say seven oh i meant nine in my head you might have said nine i kind of wasn't listening to you because i was busy googling time differences italy and california um but he asks her when she's going to come over and she says that she can't come over until summer and he's like horny and yeah, sad. And he's like, bummer, I really needed some more Bologna. <laughs> anyway, that's it. I cannot devote any more energy to this. Next episode is our season two mid-season finale yes where we will have a special guest yes and actually look forward to it i think we've got some pretty good guests lined up for the next we have some cool guests lined up for the rest of the season i'm excited honestly for the people that we've got coming me too and in the meantime this has been secret life of two gay american teenagers i'm aaron and i'm jesse and you can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at your two gay friends. They are linked in the description. You can follow our other podcast at Never Been Cool in the description. You can follow Jesse at GoJesse2K20 on Twitter, also in the description. And you can send us an email at SL with Jesse and Aaron at gmail.com. Yes. Um, some other things you can do is leave a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts oh, yeah. and leave us a voice message if you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. I need to write a 10 page paper. I need to listen to Amy Grant. <laughs> hey, she came out as a Fermi. Yes. Which has been kind of like an open secret among those of us oh, who yeah. like are yeah. in the know, you know? They don't call her Amy Grantifa for nothing. They don't call That's her Amy Grantifa, joke. but... Um. 
<laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. Did you get to say your joke that you wanted to shoehorn in? No, it's really dumb. I was going to say, so they've already got Moose. Do you think they're going to get another dog named Gavrick? It's a play on Goose and Maverick from Top Gun, but it's a dumb joke. Oh, I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah, and so. you know what? No one under 40 has, and we have like 1% of our listenership above age 40, so that's why I kind of wasn't going to, and then you kind of put me on the <laughs> spot, and now I look like a dumbass again. I never think you're a dumbass. That's a lie, but thank you for saying it. I think you're wonderful. I hope today someone thinks that you are wonderful. Yeah, and I hope today someone sees you as a dumbass. Oh. But like in an Two endearing sides of way. the same coin. All right, goodbye. Bye. If Regina Hall ever shows up in this show, <laughs> I will jump off my balcony. Directly into my pool with celebration, but also just mourning for where her career must have been. You would not be able to reach the pool from your balcony. Don't ever underestimate my athleticism and skills. I'm clearing that fence. You're going to jump like 100 feet. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I have, like, a genetic condition that means my legs are kind of structured like a frog's legs. And you don't really (laughs) see it until I jump. Gotcha. So, like, you probably haven't noticed it yet. Yeah, probably not.